turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to be reading there. Thank God for each and every one of you being a part of this church. We had an absolutely awesome time at the trail Sunday night. I hope you were all there, but it was a wonderful time. I think everybody was really blessed, and we thank God for Mike always opening up the trails to us. Turn to 2 Timothy. We're going to be starting there tonight and talking. Now, I don't know where you are regarding the uh, current election that just took place. Some of you maybe are happy. Some of you are not so happy. I really don't know. But I don't think it matters whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Libertarian, whether you're an Independent, or whatever else might be out there. But America is a country that I believe God wants to bless. Can you say amen to that? But there are some things that we're going to have to understand about the Word of God and about what's going on in America today. Uh, I had an offering, too. I sure as I forgot about it, about what's going on in the Word of God and what's going on in America today because there are some things that we really need to be aware of. If, if you're excited that some of the people, uh, looks like the Republicans are going to control the House right now and that the Senate will remain with the Democrats and obviously the executive will remain with President Obama and his staff and, and that we'll see what happens from here. But I can tell you that once everybody takes office, nothing has really changed yet. Tell your neighbor, nothing's changed. We are still a nation in debt. We are still a nation with our dollar being devalued. We are still a nation with challenges, situations, and circumstances. And if you look at where we have been as a nation to where we are today, you can see that there are some definite trends that are not going the right direction, and it surpasses and it overlaps all parties. So it doesn't really matter. Everybody has had an equal hand in this nation. But you found... And I have found, too, that the church over the years sometimes has vacillated in where we're going and what we're accomplishing. And what we need to do is understand that there is a spirit of truth that is unwavering. And the spirit of truth is a guideline for each and every one of us that everything should be compared to and that we look at. Is that bearing witness with my spirit or is it not? There's a book that I encourage all of you to get sometime. It is probably the largest book I have ever begun to read. It's called Sacred Fire by the author's name is Peter Lilback. It's the life story of George Washington and the founding of our nation. And I'm going to share some things with you for in just a moment. But a nation parallels the church, and the church will parallel a nation if it is a nation that God has birthed. And in the world today, there are basically two nations that are existing that I believe God himself birthed. Number one is Israel. The apple of God's eye in 1948, when Israel became a nation, it was an absolute miracle of God. And the first nation to recognize Israel was the United States of America. But I believe that America itself is a God-ordained nation by God himself. Can you say amen to that? And I believe that our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence was given at the hand of God to all of the Americans and all of the people who would become Americans over the year to defend and to stand on the Word of God that God has birthed this nation. 
Now, there are perilous times that come in everybody's life. And there are perilous times that sometimes come in the church. How many of you have been through some perilous times from time to time? Turn to your neighbor and say, I know about those perilous times. There are perilous times. And, and it says in the in second, or in, uh, uh, by the way, this is a good message. So turn to your neighbor and say, this is not a down message. Because a lot of times we want to go to church and we want to say, well, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? They're going to lay hands on me and prophesy over me and tell me I'm going to be blessed coming and going. The word already told you that. Turn to your neighbor and say, the word already told you that. Well, is Jesus going to come and visit me? If you're a born-again Christian, he already came and visited you. Well, when am I going to get the authority and the power and the dominion? You already have it. When am I going to get healed? You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. When am I going to get the mind of Christ? Do you know Jesus? Let's participate. Do you know Jesus? You have the mind of Christ. You want to see what the mind of Christ looks like? Turn to your neighbor. We have all of the blessings of God given to us. And it's time that we start acting like it, looking like it, and calling the truth the truth, and realizing that the Holy Spirit lives within us, and that we have all of the answers for the world. Let's say, I have all the answers. Turn to your neighbor, because you know if it's your husband or your wife, you know they think that anyway. Just turn to him and say, I know you have all the answers. My wife is always, always teasing me about this. She, I, she said it again Sunday, but it's on our refrigerator. It says, I, I knew when I married you it was right, but I didn't know you were always right or something like that. I forget what it was. I said, honey, when would a man ever give his opinion and say, I, here's my opinion, but I think it's wrong. We always think we're right, do we not? That's why we're giving our opinion. But see, the Word of God will never return void, and the Word of God is truth and this is what the message is tonight. It's about the spirit of truth that lives within us. And it says in verse number, th- uh, excuse me, chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, perilous means harsh, savage, difficult, dangerous, painful, fierce, grievous, hard to deal with. The word denotes a society that is barren of virtue, but abounding in abounding in vices. Now, this chapter and the book and the Word of God is not written to America alone. It is written to the world. And Timothy is really talking to church people here. Have you seen the pictures of what's going on over in Greece, over in France, because of the challenges that they have had of basically this. Now, people will talk about the uh, debt load or devaluing the dollar or devaluing the, uh, the, the currency in those particular nations or they spent too much or whatever. Folks, nations around the world have pulled away from God. The sovereignty of Almighty God, the earth and the fullness thereof belong to? Who does America belong to? So we are a nation that we believe God is in charge of this nation. But if we have an executive, judicial, and legislative who pull away from what America's original intent was and begin to make laws, rules, regulations, and do things that are contrary to the Word of God, we can expect eventually for the perilous times to come and for God's hand to move off of that situation. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, I know it's quiet in here, but it ends up being a good message. Don't think that God's hand could never come off of America. And don't think because of the Republicans taking the House of Representatives, everything is going to change tomorrow. 
It's not an issue of Republicans or Democrats or Libertarians or Independents. It is an issue of right or wrong based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? You asked me to pray for Mike, and I forgot. Let's pray for uh, a situation here with Mike, who's been diagnosed in the hospital with the situation. And Father, we lift up Mike to you. We pray healing into his body. We pray for men and women of God to come across his path. We thank you, Lord, that you are the healer, and that in Jesus' name, we thank you they're going to find out exactly what the problem is, and we just speak healing into his body now in Jesus' name. And we all said... So what we've got to do is make sure that we are focused where we need to be focused based on the situation and the circumstance at hand. Because this nation is a nation that God has ordained, and I'm going to show you right now what the Word of God says regarding what happens when a nation have godly men and women leading the nation. How many of you believe it would be a good idea if we had godly men and women leading this nation right now? Now, turn to your neighbor and say, this is not a, a po- political message about a certain party. Just tell them right now. It's not about a certain party. Because I tell you what, I, I don't trust anybody anymore unless I hear what they're saying and what they're going to do with their mouth and how they act. Now, look at what Proverbs says in verse number, uh, Proverbs 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So let's all say it. We want righteousness. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2. When the righteous people are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. We don't need any groaning. We need righteous men and women. Would you say amen to that? I want to read to you what George Washington said in his first inaugural address. What happens today, we have a republic. A lot of people don't realize that. But the United States is unique. We are a republic. And in a republic, the men and women who are elected to office work for us. They are elected by the people to defend the Constitution, to live out the Declaration of Independence, and to do what is right in the eyes of the people and Almighty God. The people always reflect the nation, and the nation reflects the people. In America today, and and, and this is subject to interpretation, I know, but in America today, we have about 50% of the country that calls themselves somewhat conservative and about 50% of the country that calls themselves liberal. Now, you can look at some polls, and they'll say, well, 40% say that they're conservative, and 40% say they're liberal, and 20% say they're independent or whatever. But would you say that we pretty much have a division in this nation? And the division, you can say that more emphatically. Do we have a division in this nation? You better believe it. We have a division. And the division is not a question of party. It's not a question of rules and governmental organizations. It's a question of pulling away from the things of God and coming back to our original roots, which is what a republic is. When people founded America and our founding fathers, and when people began to migrate America, many of them referred to America as a new Jerusalem. They thought it was the land of promise that God had for them, and folks, I believe it was. I believe America was birthed to be a light to the entire world. Were there some problems in the birthing process? 
Yes. Were some mistakes made? Yes. You can focus on mistakes or you can focus on all the good, but if you focus on all the good, how many of you would say America has been a bright light to the entire world? And I don't believe God's days are over for this country. This is what George Washington said. We ought to be no less persuaded that the propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. And since the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty and the destiny of the Republican model of government are justly considered as deeply perhaps as finally staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the American people, George Washington, first inaugural address, 1789. I believe we ought to give George Washington a hand for that. Because what he's saying here is that that is an experiment, that this republic is an experiment, and that it is still an experiment today. Are we going to be a righteous nation where we will elect righteous men and women to office? Are we going to be a nation that really doesn't seem to care? Now turn to your neighbor and say, now it's going to get personal. How many of you believe that the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit are the most important things for any Christian and for a nation to survive and become everything. Now, I want you all to look around. I want you all to look around. Now, the nation should reflect the church. You say amen to that? Let me see the hands of all the people who you would say, I live the Word and I'm led by the Holy Spirit in everything that I do. May I see your hands? Some of you are not sure whether you should raise your hands or not. Tell your neighbor, you are a creature of habit. Now, my wife doesn't let me up here very often because she said, over the years, I think you've just gotten a little too tough on people. And I said, sweetheart, I've always felt that way. I've just never said it. I cannot believe the number of people that I know that do not live the Word of God and are not led by the Holy Spirit unless it's convenient to them. Personally, I think they ought to just be knocked up the side of the head, get a little sense beat into them, and get that little bull going the right direction. You know, now turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Pam, I'll be coming back. <laughs> this is no time to be roaming around. When I was the senior pastor of this church, hardly anybody ever came to me for counseling. Because the first thing that I would do is say, what do you feel? The Holy Spirit is saying to you, and they would tell me. And I would say, are you going to do it? And i say, I don't know. i said, wow, we have nothing to talk about. If you don't want to do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, you're going to have to suffer the consequences. As a matter of fact, they took one of my counseling sessions and used it for a commercial on TV. I thought you all might want to see one of my counseling sessions right now. Go ahead. Can you roll it? Do we have it ready to go? Here's one of my counseling sessions. Then we'll get back on course to the message. Switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance. This is for the Does a former drill sergeant make a terrible therapist? And that's why yellow makes me sad, I think. That's interesting. You know what makes me sad? You do! Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jackwagon! Tissue? 
baby. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That, when I saw that commercial, and, and Pam said, that makes me think of you. When I first saw that commercial, I thought of me. And I thought, how many times have I ever felt like that? Now, <clears throat> I do not understand this. Maybe because I learned it the hard way. Because I was a hard case for the Lord to work with. I know that. But then once I got a hold of it, and I think, why would anybody not want to do what God told them to do? Why would you want to purposely violate what God wants you to do when he set everything in motion for us to become everything that he wants us to do? By the way, that guy, uh, that, that counselor there was a, a former Marine Corps drill instructor. He's really a tough guy. But, but I love that commercial. But in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says we have everything we have need of. John chapter 10, verse 10 says that Jesus came to give us abundance. Now, there is a thief, and it's called the enemy. And he walks about seeking whom he may... He came to steal, kill, and to destroy. I got my scriptures mixed up. But he came to kill, steal, and to destroy. But it says Jesus came to give us the abundant life. Now, that abundant life... Everybody say, I have the abundant life. If we have the abundant life, then why don't we have more finances? Why don't we have more blessings? Why don't we have all the things that we have? How many of you would say that when you come in here on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, you are blessed by the Spirit of God, you are encouraged, exhorted, and edified, and then you go out that door, and you've got Monday and Tuesday, and if you don't get back in here Wednesday night, then you've got Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and it's just like all hell seems to break loose, all sorts of things going wrong, but yet the same Spirit of God and the same Word of God is still working outside these walls than inside these walls. And we have the victory, and we have abundance. Let's say, I have abundance. That word parisos, I preached this for years in this church. It means over, above, profuse, more than enough. We are blessed coming and blessed going. I have everything that I have need. Well, I don't feel like it. You should not be moved by your feelings. You should only be moved by what the word of God says and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen to that? The joy of the Lord is your, therefore we need more. These are not trick questions. If you need more strength to go where God's calling you to go, and if we're going to go through perilous times, then you need more joy. But perilous times for many people steal their joy because that's the job of the devil. If you don't have joy in your life all of the time, you are the problem. And speaking of joy, Marie, thank you for that beautiful joke that you brought me that I can't use. Hallelujah. is really awesome. But I can't use that. <laughs> she, brought me, she brought me this joke when I got to the punchline. It, was, it really was funny, but like, I can't do that in church. But anyway, so you'll have to ask Marie about that. <laughs> but it, it really was funny. But folks, we are, and again, we are creatures of habit. Tell your neighbor, you are a creature of habit. And when I saw that drill instructor, I tell you, it, it is exactly, I told Pam, someday I want to come in here. I have a Marine Corps, uh, it's any branch of the service, but this happens to be Marine Corps boot camp indoctrination uh, that Bill Winston uses in his church for his new people. And uh, Bill Winston pastors a huge mega church up in Chicago, and uh, he did that at a leadership conference one time out in Tulsa, and I asked him where he got that thing, and so I've got two or three of them right now, but they just bring people in and just jerk the slack out of them and tell them, if you'll do this, you're going to be blessed, and if you don't, we're just going to beat the heck out of you. And it's like, it doesn't take too long to think, I don't want the heck beat out of me. I want to be blessed. So everybody say, I don't want to get beat up. I want to be blessed. 
Now turn to your neighbor and tell him, the devil is the one beating you up. God doesn't beat you up. That's the devil because that's why he's walking around like he is. God wants to bless you, but then God tells you what to do so that you can be blessed. I believe God is telling people in office what to do so that they can be blessed and so that this nation can be blessed. But I believe the government and the direction of a nation is merely the reflection of the people. Your reflection in the mirror is merely a reflection of you. I believe our government is a reflection right now. I really believe it's a reflection of the people. Now, the people seem to be a little bit angry right now, and I think that's somewhat of an understatement. But it's not just a question of anger. It's a question of, are we going to change anything in our nation? Our nation, and the biggest challenge facing our nation, when people went to the polls and came back from the polls, they said it was the economics of the employment situation. Folks, I'm telling you, that's not the problem with our nation. Should we have more jobs? Sure. Should we have less spending? Sure. That's not the problem with our nation. The problem with our nation is we are disassociating our government with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Our government should be led by the Holy Spirit. The people should be led by the Holy Spirit. And in the church today, the church should be led by the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit, now turn to your neighbor and say, this is where Pam will be a lot better when she comes back. <laughs> I believe the Holy Spirit is telling each and every one of you to tithe. About 30% of you do. No, 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 you mamby-pambies. Now, <laughs> takes a real man or a real woman to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Takes a person of faith. You say, how am I going to give you 10%, God? I can't afford to pay my bills right now. God says, I don't care whether you can afford to pay your bills right now or not. I want you to give me 10%, and then watch what I'll do with it. I'm not going to trust you, God. So 30% are led by the Holy Spirit, and 70%... Now turn to your neighbor and say, you just got to love this guy. Seventy percent act like they don't hear God. Well, I didn't hear God tell me to do that. I got a word from you from God right now. You are being told. You tithe, and you watch the windows of heaven open, and you watch the blessing come that you'll not have room enough to contain. You've tried it your way. How about trying it his way? Can you say amen to that? Now, in our government today and in our world system today, especially in America, I preached a message about a year ago that God put in, just burned in my heart. <clears throat> but here's the problem that we have in America today that I believe the Holy Spirit showed me. And there are five things that if we don't correct them, we are going to have serious, serious, perilous times. I believe that with all my heart. You can go through perilous times in the world and we'll be blessed. Right now, Greece is going through perilous times. Not affecting me. How many of you are affected by Greece? I'm not affected yet. I'm not affected. We're not affected by all the challenges going on in some areas of California yet. But if we're led by the Holy Spirit, we're going to be okay. Number one challenge facing America is abortion. It's never changed. I am not against President Obama. I think the fact that we have an African-American president is awesome. I just feel like we may have the wrong one unless he changes his mind on partial birth abortion. 
That is from the pit of hell, and any man or any woman who would be for abortion on demand and partial birth abortion is missing the leading of the Holy Spirit. Would you say amen to that? It's just a fact. It's not a racial situation. It's a fact. If you are pro-abortion and pro-partial birth abortion, you are missing the leading of the Holy Spirit, and you're moving the wrong direction. Number two, and it is so important, immorality. Immorality exists in America today like never before. I am amazed at the things I see and hear and read on the news. Immorality is rampant. We are now, as a nation, the largest exporter of pornography in the world. The United States of America, God's nation. Number three, there's no question, sanctity of marriage is under attack. And if we as a nation ever, ever succumb to the violent influence of the devil who is trying to make legal gay marriage, man and man, woman and woman, I tell you, the perilous times are going to swoop in. People can do whatever they want to do in their houses, their homes, whatever. you got a free will. But to mandate a law in a nation, you're coming against the very hand of God. Would you say that the Holy Spirit of God would not be for anything other than the sanctity of marriage? Can you say amen to that? And then the fourth thing that is so important, and that is debt. The Word of God. Now, these things that, that the Lord gave me, there are a lot of things that happen in, in, in the nation and socialism and liberalism and all that kind of stuff. There, you can't really find it in the Bible. But the ones that I believe the Lord showed me, you can find Scripture for every one of those things that I talked about in the Bible. The fourth one is debt. And the Bible talks a great deal about debt. The United States of America has so much debt right now, about $13 trillion, that we will never be able to repay it. We are setting up a nation that we are leaving to our children and our grandchildren. You are setting up a lifestyle that you are leaving for your children and your grandchildren. No matter what you say to your children and your grandchildren, your actions speak louder than words. They're going to want to be just like you, and they don't even know it. And we have a nation right now that will never be, repay the debt. And yet we have people spending. Now, remember how I said, turn to your neighbor and say, you just got to love them. Remember how I said the, the government just reflects the church? Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's not going to ask for a show of hands. I wonder how many of you here today are in debt. I wonder how many of you here today are just like our government with a lot of debt. Almost all debt, not all, because I know there can be situations and circumstances with health and things that, that go wrong, but almost all debt is caused from making unwise investments or spending more money than you have. Now, you want something that's just brilliant? Turn to your neighbor and say, I love brilliance. <laughs> if you spend less money than you make, you will never be in debt. Turn to your neighbor and say, write that down. <laughs> if you spend less money than you make, you will never, ever be in debt. 
Now, I understand there are some catastrophic things that can happen, but by and large, the people that I used to deal with over the years, it was just money management and spending less money and living in less of a house than you wanted and having less cars than you wanted and having less clothes than you wanted and certainly having a whole lot less credit cards than you had because that is the gimmick of the world system. And then the fifth thing or fourth thing or whatever it was, fifth thing, is Israel. We've got to understand, and these are things that we're going to talk about how to pray for in just a moment, but Israel is the apple of God's eye. God loves Israel, and the United States has been the largest supporter of Israel financially, militarily. We have always, always lifted Israel up and protected and helped Israel. But right now, we have a situation that is existing with many of people in our government over an animosity toward Israel. Israel is God's country. Israel belongs to God himself. And Israel has been our biggest ally in the world over the years. Israel remains our biggest ally, and we should remain Israel's biggest ally. Can we say amen to that? Now, you say, well, what does all this have to do with me? Well, how did all of this happen? Right now, we have, and I don't want to get too involved in this. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 14. But there's something that's happening today that has a tendency to be a, really a severe, uh, just really, really a severe step for America. And I encourage all of you, and I know that there, this is going to be a little controversial, but I encourage all of you to get another book that's out because a lot of times we just don't have the knowledge that we should have to bring forth what we need to bring forth when it comes to prayer. But the book is called Broke, and it's by Glenn Beck. And he's a very controversial figure. Personally, I like Glenn Beck, but he's a very controversial figure. He's on every day from 5 to 6 on Fox News. But our Federal Reserve, either today or tomorrow, is contemplating buying some of our treasury notes so that they can help the debt load in America and that there's a possibility that it might be as much as $600 billion. Now, when they do that, what, what they're doing is just basically moving money from one pile to another pile and creating challenges, and I don't have time to get into all of it with you right now. But when things happen, because you might wonder, well, what does all this have to do with me? When things happen, we have to be on guard by the Holy Spirit to let the Holy Spirit use us, as we're going to talk about in just a few moments, when it comes to in a few moments when it comes to binding and loosing. Turn to your neighbor and say, "You are a force to be reckoned with." You are a force to be reckoned with. But if you don't understand the authority and the power that you have, then you'll miss the small leading of the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide you into all of the truth that he wants you to have so that we can make a difference in the world and in the nation. And when the Holy Spirit shows you something to do, I remember being out in, uh, when we were on staff in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there was a time when, at, how many of you are old enough to remember the, <clears throat> the serious challenges that used to exist with the savings and loan organizations, and they started going under and going bankrupt? And one, one night, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke up Pastor Doherty. And uh, in this, this happened to be a bank, but, but, uh, but it was also affecting many banks, too. And uh, woke him up in, in the middle of the night and, and spoke to him and said, get your, this is all he heard, get your money out of the bank. They're talking about the church's money, sizable amount of money. Get the money out of the bank 
immediately. The next day, he told Sharon, we prayed about it and said, well, if you feel like it's the Lord, you better do it. Told the finance committee, and they were kind of mumbling and grumbling a little bit. Told the financial director, and he wasn't too excited about it because of all the work that was going to be involved. And why are we doing this? That bank is sound. There's no problem. And even Pastor Doherty said, I really question myself. Did I really hear from the Lord? Now, over the years, you probably have heard me say this many times, but you hear from God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you hear from God. You hear from the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and I've always shared with you that in my life, I have three categories. Number one, I know it's the Holy Spirit. Number two, I think it's the Holy Spirit. Or number three, I sure hope this is the Holy Spirit or I'm in big trouble. And, and we all operate in those three areas, every single one of us. What we're trying to do is just determine if we recognize that voice, is that really the leading of the Holy Spirit? And he felt like that was the Holy Spirit, took his money out of that bank. In five days, that bank went under. Now, would the Federal Reserve kicked in, the FDIC, and would it have covered that? In time, it probably would have. But the bank had a lot of accounts, over $10,000. By moving that money out of that bank at the leading of the Holy Spirit, the church did not suffer at all. Can you say amen? Now, who knows everything that's going on in the world today? God does. And how does God communicate with the church today? By his Holy Spirit. We have to have the Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. You have to have the Word of God. And, when I, and, and especially when I was here all of the time as the senior pastor, I would, I would talk to people, what's the Word of God saying to you? That, because you would find where their word, word level was. And when people were going through things, it's like, what, what are you standing on? What scripture? And they wouldn't know. They, would, they, they wouldn't know what to speak. That meant they were void in the area of the Word. The Word is your foundation. You have to have a foundation of the Word of God because when the Holy Spirit speaks, it will always be in line with the Word of God. But when the Holy Spirit, you think it's the Holy Spirit, and something comes up and this just happened, it was about four or five months ago, maybe a little bit longer, but this person that we were working with and all, they, they said, I know what the Word of God says, that I shouldn't do da-da-da-da, but I know the Holy Spirit told me to do it. Red flags, green flags, no, no green flags, yellow flags, everything going up. Folks, everybody say the Holy Spirit never violates the Word. So when you know the Word of God and you're hearing from the Holy Spirit, it's lining up with the Word of God. Can you say amen to that? In other words, you know it's lining up with the Word of God. Well, what happens then is God knows how we're going to navigate through perilous times. It doesn't matter how bad the times get. We're going to be okay. Do you know Jesus did his greatest miracles with a repressive government? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, our government's not the answer. Does God want to take control of our government? Amen. He wants to take control of the governments of the world. He wants his Holy Spirit to lead all of the nations of the world. But if they won't fall in line, God's going to do it another way. So we're going to be okay as children of God if we will do what needs to be done. We go over to the Sudan, Pastor Stanley and all of the people over there, they are praying for their food for the day. They're praying for the ministering angels to guard them on the way to the stores and on the way to the shops. They have no refrigerators. They live from day to day. Folks, it doesn't matter where you go in the world today. The Holy Spirit will take care of you. Tell your neighbor, the Holy Spirit's going to take care of me. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know the Holy Spirit better than that person next to you? The Holy Spirit should be your best friend, bar none. 
You wake up in the morning, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? Most important thing for me in the morning, I love my wife, but I love to get away with a cup of coffee and just listen to the Holy Spirit and say, God, what do you have for me today? I can't wait to write down what the Holy Spirit is saying for me. And then to listen all day long as the Holy Spirit shows me how to make decisions. Now, I don't know about you, but my wife would be here and she'd say amen to this. My mind doesn't work real rapidly. I have a very thoughtful, thinking mind. You, how many of you can relate to what I'm trying to say? In other words, it doesn't race. My mind never seems to race with me. It's just very methodical. Uh, we got a problem. The house is on fire. Maybe we should get a fire extinguisher. Or maybe we. In other words, I'm, I, I, now I'm very slow to panic. Very slow to panic. Pam is, oh, amen. But he does have a slow mind. She'd say that. But uh, now I have a brilliant mind. I believe I have a brilliant mind. I, obviously, I have confidence. Uh, <laughs> but I have total confidence in my mind. So I am very happy where I am. But a lot of people have a quick mind. They think a lot. And they're flooded with thoughts. And their emotions get wacko on them sometimes. It used to be that when people would cry, oh, I feel so bad for you. Now I feel like that guy throwing the Kleenex. You mamby-pamby, here, take these things. <laughs> Tears don't affect me anymore. It's suck it up, and what does God tell you to do? Well, I don't know what I want to do. Well, here's another box of Kleenex, and you fling that one across. That's why we have so many Kleenex here. Now, some of you are looking at me like you just really don't understand. I do understand. I've been there. And I've, I refuse to be led by the emotions that the devil tries to throw upon you to cause you to be other than who you are, victorious. We are victorious. And the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us into all truth. He'll show us everything that we have need of. And in John chapter 14, I want to read here because this is the same thing for a nation. Verse number 16, Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Where is the Spirit of truth right now? Let's all say, I have it. You have everything that you have need of. Yes, you do. I just ripped my page in my Bible. Glory to God. Let's all say it. I have it. Tell your neighbor, I have the spirit of truth. Now, what do you need to do is listen to the spirit of truth, not tell the spirit of truth everything that you have to tell. You all follow what I'm saying? How, how many of you are tellers? Oh, wait, but let me call you up and tell you everything that I have gone through today. How about just calling up the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, tell me what to do. Everybody, let's practice this right now. This will be especially good for some of you. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. tell me what to do. And then what should you do? My wife would say, listen. Her husband would say, shut up. Holy Spirit, what should I do? And then shut up. And don't say a thing and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you do this, you're going to be blessed by God. <laughs> you're going to be blessed by God. Now, John chapter 16, verse 13. I want to go over there. It says, however, now Jesus again speaking, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into how much truth? Now, has the spirit of truth come? So how much truth do you have? How much? One more time like you really mean it. Tell that person next to you, I have all truth. 
I have all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Is that all been, has that all been done? Let's not say it. it's all been done. So how many of you have everything that you have need of? How many of you have? Half of you. Let me get that boot camp video and bring it next time. How many of you have everything that you have need of? Your biggest challenge is doing what God told you to do. I have not counseled anybody for a long time. But when I did, it was always they answered and told me what they should do. And I said, are you going to do it? Well, I don't know. It's just not fair. It's just not right. And so why would you not do what God is telling you to do? Because God blesses obedience. The willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. Now, if you look at 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to be reading there in verse 8 and 9 because this is where you, you just have to be wise and, and understand how this all works. The devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. He's walking around right now. He's walking around Washington, D.C. He's in our Senate. He's in our House of Representatives. He's in our executive. And he's, now he said, well, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities. That's true. But the powers and principalities seem to reside in the minds of a bunch of idiots in Washington. Could you say amen to that? Amen. A Supreme Court who would be divided on abortion? How could you be divided on killing babies in the womb? How could that divide anybody? Uh, the, the, the sanctity of marriage, the Constitution of the United States being a document from Almighty God and our founding fathers, almost to the person agreed with that, and that this nation is a nation that God has birthed, a Christian Judeo nation. And then you have, do you see men and women of God that you can tell do not have the Holy Spirit? When you see them on television and you're looking at them and you say, that person is void of the Holy Spirit. They say they're a Christian, but a Christian would not say what some of them say. Well, personally, I wouldn't do this. However, it's okay to let everybody do it if they want to. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. And that's not how the leading of the Holy Spirit works. First Peter 5.8 says, the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. If he finds nobody home, meaning the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life, he can do anything he wants to you. And a lot of people are, are, are confused about this. They think, well, how, how could God let that happen to me? Or how did this happen? Or why did this happen? How did the devil get in? Pray for me that the devil will leave me alone. The devil will never leave you alone. The devil will always be after you. And I know over the years I've said this a lot, but the devil is either attacking you right now or he has been rebuked from that attack and he's planning how to attack you again. He's reloading to come back again. James 4, 7, thanks God for James 4, 7, says submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. What will he do after he flees? He will regroup and come back again. But hopefully you'll be stronger and stronger and stronger because you know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, do this. Don't do that. 
do this, don't do that. And then you know what road to go down. You know when not to do this and when not to do that. My experience with many believers is they don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when you don't know that little peace, Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God be the umpire in your heart. Let it rule in your heart. There are times when I'll say, I, this, this is what we should do, and I know it. And somebody will say, why? I have no idea why, but I know this is what we should do. Or I'll say, we shouldn't do that. Why should we not do that? I don't know why, but I don't have a peace. And I know this. My God is able to give me a peace, and I have a check in that area of my life. And I don't know, and I can't explain it. But after the fact, many times, it's like, aha, I understand now. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I understand now what that is. We have to be to that point. I believe that's what Jesus was talking about in John eight thirty two when he said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I believe he was talking about receiving Jesus as, as your Lord and Savior and having eternal life. But I also believe he was talking about the Holy Spirit and that you shall receive the spirit of truth, and that truth will set you free. No matter where you are in any situation, if you're where God told you to be, doing what God told you to do, God is responsible for taking care of you. But if you've gotten out of the will of God and you know you're out of the will of God and you're doing things you shouldn't do, you've got a problem. You've all heard that proverbial story about, not a proverbial story, but a true story about the guy in our church who we were doing that outreach years ago and some of you are new. So, but anyway, an out, when Green Acres was still there and, uh, and I pulled up and, and got there a little bit early and he was coming around the corner in his truck with a cigarette in his mouth. And uh, he saw me and just about wrecked that truck. He really did. He was, he was really sweating it. And, and when he saw me a few moments later, he said, he said, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I know I shouldn't have been smoking that cigarette. I'm just sorry, and I know you saw me. I said, I don't care if you smoke a cigarette. He said, you don't care if I smoke a cigarette? I said, no, it doesn't bother me a bit. He said, really? I said, no, it doesn't bother me a bit. I said, but has God spoken to you in that area of your life? And he said, yeah. I said, what did he say? He said, he told me to stop smoking. I said, you got a problem. You got a problem. If God told you to do something and you didn't do it, you have set yourself up in dangerous dangerous ground. I believe America is in dangerous ground. I believe perilous times are coming, but there's good news. Everybody say the good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to be okay. Now turn back and say, if you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if you're out there doing your thing right now, stop and think about this right now. This figure is subject to interpretation, but about 80% of the body of Christ is in debt. About 80%. About 30%, and that's a, that's, this is a very liberal figure, about 20 to 30% of the body of Christ tithe and the rest don't. Could there be a correlation? There is always a correlation between doing right and doing wrong. Anything that is contrary to the leading of the Holy Spirit is wrong. It's also called sin. But anything that is contrary to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life is wrong. So let's all say it. When I do things that the Holy Spirit tells me not to do, I'm doing wrong. God loves me, but he calls it sin. So therefore, we've got to get to the point in our life when we are going to be led by the Holy Spirit. This will absolutely set you free. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19 says this. 
Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What are we supposed to bind, and what are we supposed to loose? You should bind whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to bind, and loose whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to loose. Now, Pam has said this before several occasions. I know she, at first she thought I was really weird, but I'll be watching a live program on television, maybe not even live, and I'll hear somebody say something, and I'll say that is contrary to the Word of God. I bind that in the name of Jesus. I loose the Word of God in that situation, and I am tired of accepting things that people say at face value. I believe it's time for the body of Christ to stand up and bind and loose wherever we are. We have that power. That's very similar to what this last vote was. I don't know all these people that got elected into office. I hope they're all good men and women of God, but I don't know who they are. But I believe it was one vote at a time that ushered them all in. How about one prayer at a time, binding and loosing? And you may be the only person on the face of the earth binding and loosing at that moment because you heard something and in your spirit you knew it wasn't right. You say, I bind that thought in the name of Jesus. And I loose the power of God. And you start to be like that, and you will be a receptacle for the Holy Spirit to flow through because you are powerful. Now, I want to leave you with this. Two things that I believe should be the most important thing in your life. And this is and has always been part of my counseling. Number one, so you don't even have to come and see me. You just answer these questions and, and just call me on the phone. I'll send you some Kleenex or something. Number one. This is what you have to know. And if you don't know it, it's your, it's your problem. Because the Holy Spirit will never not tell you what he wants you to know. Number one, what is the Holy Spirit showing you to do? Ask your neighbor, what's the Holy Spirit showing you to do? And number two, what are you doing? Let's all say it again. Let's just get in practice. What's the Holy Spirit telling me to do? What am, I doing? what am I doing? How many of you would say that there have been times when you have heard from the Holy Spirit and you've done it? Please let somebody raise their hand. <laughs> how, many, how many of you would say that there have been times when you know you heard from the Holy Spirit, you didn't do it, and you paid consequences? Let's stand to our feet. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.